Hey everybody, welcome back to the Sub MOE Podcast. Tyler here. And we're just going to recap the Sniper Adventure Challenge. I've been repeatedly warned that I have not produced a podcast that I said I would about the uh, after action of uh, the competition. So, uh, let's throw this out there. You know, kind of let you guys know how we did, the gear that we used, the rifle... Uh, that I took with me, and kind of our plan for next year. So, Fred from Bison Tactical was my partner, and uh, he's a solid dude. Uh, you know, as we got through the match, and later and later we were getting more tired, things like that. I mean, we were definitely getting, I wouldn't say irritated, but we were we were getting frustrated with some of the our inability to do things as a team and uh, I don't know how old Fred is but I can tell you that on flat ground Fred's about 5'8 I'm 5'4 he can outpace me and this became not so much a challenge in the beginning but you know middle of I'd say later towards day one you know we're, we're hiking and, uh, you know, we're on our way to our next point or whatever it is. And, you know, his stride is longer than mine. We're taking the same amount of steps, but with a longer stride, he's gaining more ground. And I, I kind of knew from that moment that if I changed the way that I was hiking to try and keep up with him, if I, you know, changed my stride or my gait or, you know, any one of those things that I was going to start rubbing my feet differently than what I had conditioned them for so I kind of had to just maintain my pace and I'm sure Fred was looking back at you know as I'm like 10 feet or so behind him like man we need to pick it up and I'm like dude like this is my pace I'm going you know I think we were holding um you know when we were he's stepping it out we were about three mile per hour pace and you know I just I had this idea in my mind that if I broke that pace, that I wasn't used to going faster than that, then it it would hurt us as a team in the long run. You know, blisters and things like that would start to pop up, and these things would ultimately slow us down in the long run. Uh, So trying to manage each other's pace and and find a happy medium, uh, I think we discovered it pretty early, but Fred can definitely outpace me on the flat ground. Now, if we're going up, you know, got to hike up or go down a hill, then, um, you know, I kind of hold the upper hand on that one where I'm slightly outpacing him going uphill. So uh, sometimes it evened out, but a lot of the ground that we were traveling was uh, on flat. So, you know, again, managing that pace. But overall, I thought we did pretty well. We started off just crushing it, in my opinion. I mean, the first part was, you know, they had the whole safety brief and they give us all of the, you know, rundown of everything. And uh, we find, you know, we get told uh, match starts at 8 a.m. Tomorrow night, Saturday night, it will end at 7 p.m. Like, that's it. Done. Boom. And uh, so, what is that? 30-something hours, 35 hours of go, go, go. And, you know, uh, you had three missions so to break this down, you get given mission card number one. And it's got land nav points, bonus checkpoints, and it's got challenges. So a land nav point, just so you guys all have an idea, it's a tiny little stick, you know, but maybe four feet tall sticking up out of the ground. It's maybe got a diameter of half an inch, you know, one of those little flexi poles. Now it is painted orange. But it still blends in like crazy. I mean, it's 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 hard. All right, it's not easy to find this stick. So we plot all of our um, land nav points. Actually, we waited until later. Um, the first thing that we had to do was get the mission card, and there were some shooting stages, six shooting stages, not far from the start point. But in order to shoot a, a shooting challenge, you had to go find a special checkpoint, then go shoot, then go find another special checkpoint, then go shoot. So you were constantly doing this back and forth, back and forth. So 
we plotted the special checkpoints, walked over, one of the first people there, and um, I think we were trying to rush a little bit in the beginning to just get the points on paper and, and get moving. Um, so we slightly plotted the point about 100 meters off of where it should have been on the map. And, you know, we got to the area. We knew we were in the right area, and we're looking around, and we don't see it. And we start to, like do a circular pattern we're looking in different bushes looking around telephone poles and then eventually we found it and we realized like okay we need to you know right out of the gate we need to slow down make sure we're plotting the points correctly on the map and uh you know it was good from there so we we go and the first shooting stage that we choose is the rifle stage both shooters have to shoot the rifle my rifle and the way they set it up to keep the shooting stages from holding guys back and creating a big backlog is you'd set your gear down and you could observe the stage where the targets are uh, for this particular one you had to range them and um, you know so where are the targets range them kind of get an idea of of how you have to shoot it I didn't bring bipods Fred didn't bring bipods so we're shooting off of a pack so obviously you got to take our pack up there to shoot off of and it's a 90 second time limit from the time that you say you're ready and walk up to the stick within one yard of the shooting position time starts so you do all your preparation behind the firing line and it's unlimited right you're just burning your own time at this point so we get some ranges and we were having some issues getting some of the ranges for the targets uh, i don't know what it was I brought the Nikon 4K little handheld monocular and I've not ever had this issue before but it was not it was not ranging very well uh, there was one target that we estimated to be at like a thousand and that was not the case uh, I don't know what distance it ended up being but so there was four targets all in a row pretty much and then the target that we assumed was a thousand yards was behind that so four squares and then a circle behind it so I'm ranging from left to right and I'm getting some ranges and it wasn't apparent until later when we started shooting that the ranges weren't right I was uh, like one mil low on the first shot so we corrected and uh, my wind call was good but just being that low it was not cool so we get some hits on that try to go for the far one it's low as well i'm like holy crap you know what is going on with this rangefinder and then boom we're out of time and fred didn't even get to shoot so pack up our stuff clear our rifles out and uh we head off to the next special checkpoint get that point come back and uh there was a small delay in the the range the range had to go cold there was a uh, uh, some cowboys or some ranchers out there and uh so the firing line was cold so we're like oh shit you know like what are we gonna do well can we go get the other special checkpoint and then just come back and shoot two shooting stages and we got told well if you'd like you can do 150 burpees per person in the team and that will count for 100 points towards your shooting stage. And I'm like, hell yeah, let's do this. Like, physical work guaranteed 100 points or, you know, run the risk of missing shots and not getting 100 points. So, while everybody's out looking for a special checkpoint and the fire line's closed, start busting them out. I do 10, Fred does 10. I do 10, Fred does 10. Then we start bumping up like 15. And then back to 10 and we eventually got it completed um i think it was a smart choice it definitely gave us a leg up because we got 100 points for that now at this point the fire line is still cold and i'm like dude we need to get out of here he agrees with me so we decide to skip the one shooting stage and uh you know we wanted to stay on time so we left we went to the other side there's three more shooting stations over there and um, you know same same concept find special checkpoint come back find special checkpoint come back shoot find special checkpoint 
So we did all of those. There was nothing crazy about those shooting stages. We actually scored really well on the other side. Um, and then we, you know, took off. Now, over the radio, we're all carrying radios for safety and things of that nature. And you got all your required gear and stuff that you chose to, you know, bring with you. Um, we get... We hear over the radio, uh, hey everybody, uh, since the, that one side of the firing line had to go cold, we're extending the shooting area's timeline uh, two hours. And we're also extending the aircraft hangar for two hours. And, and what that means is you had certain times that you had to be to those places or they would close down and you wouldn't be able to uh, uh, you know, participate in those challenges. I think the shooting areas were noon. You had to be through all shooting areas before noon or you didn't get to participate. The aircraft hangar, it wasn't that far, maybe two kilometers from the shooting areas. And that one closed at 2 p.m. Well, now they extended everything for two hours. And this kind of ruffled my feathers a little bit because I was like, well, what the shit? You know, we skipped a stage already. And there was, it was not worth backtracking to go and do the stage that we skipped, even though people were getting 100 points on it. And it seemed like a fairly easy stage. Um, it just wasn't worth it for us to backtrack. So uh, we, we skipped it, head off to the aircraft hangar. We are still on time for the original timeline. We made it to the aircraft hangar around noon, so we're two hours early. Uh, from the original closing date, but now we're four hours early because of the extension. And we get there, check in, and there's uh, there's three challenges at this spot, right? The first one is there's a, uh, and I, I don't recall the distances, so don't hate me for it, but there's a stake in the ground about, I don't know, 100, 200 yards away, and then there's another one to the left of that and then there's another one to the left of that one and it you know it kind of created a, a square and the challenge was you had to uh, not barrel roll but you know lay down flat on your belly and roll sideways all the way around one team person had to do it uh, for 50 points both people had to do it for 100 now I didn't think of it at first Fred was kind of thinking of it like uh, this is kind of a waste of our time we shouldn't do it. And I'm like, screw that, dude. Let's do this. I lay down, start rolling, and I, my arms are getting chopped up by the sage. And, and, oh, my gosh. I think we made it 50 yards maybe. And uh, I hit a cactus. And at that point, I was like, screw this. Like, we're not doing this. It's not worth the 100 points. Uh, I guess only three teams actually attempted it. And I don't know if that's true for the entire match, but – from what I got told, three teams attempted it. Everybody else was smart enough to skip it. Uh, so we got zero points for that. We wasted about 15 minutes rolling around in the dirt. Um, pull the cactus out of my butt and keep moving on. So the next part is the uh, hostage, or not hostage, but uh, escape and evade. So we set all of our gear down, tell us to come over by this Jeep, and... They bag us, throw black bags over our head, they duct tape it, and then they, uh, you know, they zip tie one team member, his hands together, and then they duct tape the other team member. Well, it was pretty good because they did just a light search, and Fred had a knife in his pocket. So once they told us go, we had 10 minutes to escape from our, our bindings. Now, um, I got whispered in my ear, Right as he's zip-tying my hands, sorry, devil dog, meaning like this is going to suck because I'm doing it super tight. So I was pretty locked in there. I mean, I couldn't twist my wrist. I couldn't do anything. I mean, that shit was tight. Um, so Fred comes over, kneels down, and I use my hands that are behind my back to untape and pull off his hood so now he can see. So then I bend down, and he yanks off my hood. And I pull the knife out of his pocket, but my hands are so tight together that I can't even cut the duct tape holding his hands. So I'm just like, dude, you have to do this yourself. Like, here, let me give it to you. So he gets it, cuts his own tape, and bam, he's free. So now he starts cutting at my um, my uh, zip ties, gets, uh, gets me free, and boom, we're out. I think 
three minutes, maybe. It might have been sooner than that. It didn't take very long. Um, so we got in out of that. Boom, 100 points. We're happy. Grab our stuff. Walk down the road a little bit. And this was also where the cash bags were staged. Uh, they give you a bag. You got to put all of your crap in it that you didn't want to take on the course, but it would be stashed at various positions throughout the entire 35 hours. So this was cash bag site number one. So I put some pizza in there. Um, I had some pizza, changed my socks, and now we're off. Headed to uh, the next challenge. And the final challenge of the aircraft hangar was to dig a hole with the shovel that you brought or what you could find around your area where your pack would sit below ground level and when they swipe a 2x4 over it, it wouldn't hit your pack. So we didn't go skimpy on the, on the shovel. You know, it wasn't like a little garden shit shovel, but it wasn't like a full-blown shovel either. So it definitely took us a little time. Fred went and grabbed this big-ass steel bar and started chopping at the ground. And we got it dug pretty fast. Um, but just imagine having, you know, a little garden shovel because you're trying to save weight. And that would really crush your time right there. So we finished that. We get our 100 points for digging this hole and making it, you know, up to specifications pull out our map because we have not plotted any points for the actual checkpoints we kind of glanced over them to make sure we wouldn't pass any up as we're running around for all of these rifle challenges and it turns out they, they were pretty far away so we we chose to save time and plot our points at a different location so here we are plotting our points we've got uh, checkpoint one bonus checkpoint one checkpoint two bonus two Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and then eleven, and then twelve was where you would end mission one and uh, get mission two, right? So the specifications they laid out in the beginning were, in order to pass a mission, you had to have, um, you could only drop one land nav point, one mandatory, you could drop one, and then you would complete that mission, and and so now you're thinking like, okay. What's the most efficient way for me to hit these land navigation points? So we started thinking about it. Um, is there going to be one that we skip? Is there going to be one that we don't skip? Uh, we didn't initially plan on skipping any, but we did eventually. We skipped one on mission one just to save time. So we plot all these points, and here we go. We said uh, throw down an azimuth, jump on the road, uh, the the gravel road and we start walking and we're stepping it out man i mean this is how we we started pretty fast walking down this road you get to the first point easy breezy find checkpoint one i mean it was right where it was on the map it was pretty easy to find and then we get over to uh um, looking at the map checkpoint or a bonus checkpoint one is not that far but it's slightly out of the way from where we want to be and when we look behind us, like we look um, behind us, there's a giant storm headed our way. So we skip bonus checkpoint one. Down the road we go. We pick up bonus checkpoint two. And then we head on over to bonus checkpoint two, or sorry, regular checkpoint two. And then over to three, four, five. And then right around five is where we hit the next area of challenges. So check this out. We left the aircraft hangar right around 2 p.m., maybe a little earlier than that. We did not get checkpoint one, bonus two, bonus, uh, or checkpoint two, three, four, uh, or five. We didn't get any of those checkpoints completed until around midnight. Um, so it took us some time to travel that much distance and find those points. And some of them were pretty challenging. I mean, the way that they hide these land navigation points, they'll be in a bush, if you approach it from the wrong direction, you're not going to see it. So now you're finding yourself walking in circles. You know you're kind of in the right area, but now it's finding that exact spot. We were using a, a custom map that we had made, 24,000 scale. And the elevation contour lines were 40 feet. So you think about some of these small little rolling hills or these little creek bed areas, right? 
Well, you can have one, two, three, four little hills all right next to each other, but they don't break 40 feet, so they don't rate their own little line on the contour map. So uh, definitely makes for some challenging stuff. Fred's pace count was spot on. We used it a lot, and I'm glad that it was so consistent for him. So we get to the challenges after stage five right around midnight. And it's kind of like a health and wellness check for one of them. You just answer some questions, you're cognizant, and then you get 100 points. Then they had a cipher. They had some stakes hammered in the ground. They all had different letters on them. And then they gave you this paper, 25 math problems, right? Now, I'm not no stupid person. I, I'm not dumb. But some of these math problems, there's definitely things that I did not remember. Here's a prime example. This was a good one. 3 squared plus 2 times 3. So I'm looking at this and I'm like, well, 3 times 3 is 9. Plus 2 is 11. Times 3 is 33. That's one answer, which wasn't the right one. You know, you got to do the math problem the other way, which is 3 times 3, which is 3 squared, right? So 9. And then 2 times 3 is 6. 9 plus 6 is 15. So, which one do you go with, right? Because, you know, one of them's code, code number was 15, the other one was 33, and they give you different letters, and you have to solve this cipher, come up with this sentence, and then turn it in. If you got it right, you got 100 points. If you didn't get it right, then you, you got a zero. And this, the friggin' sentence was in Latin. So it's not like you could sit there and guess because you didn't even know what it was. Uh, at the end of the day, is a Latin sentence. You're like, what the shit? So that was fun. Um, it was a good little break. We spent about an hour there working on that cipher and going through that challenge. And, uh, you know, it was good. And then the final challenge there was uh, the Bill of Rights. You didn't have to be verbatim exact, but you had to describe each Bill of Rights, the first uh, first 10 amendments and uh oh boy let me tell you well i knew number one and number two so did fred and uh fred pulled out uh, a good one for number three he knew that i was like woo number four i knew number four um you know uh number five i think we all know the fifth amendment right i plead the fifth uh fred came through on another one number six i knew uh eight and nine Seven and ten, we had no idea. I think it was seven and ten. Um, so we got a little education there, and uh, it was interesting. But at least we got ten points for every amendment we got right. So we walked out of there with some good points. And you know, because of how we planned on attacking this, we never skipped any challenges, and we tried not to skip any land out points that we didn't need. So. You know, we were sitting really good in terms of points. So then uh, we break away. We go find checkpoint six. We backtrack. We go find checkpoint seven. Checkpoint seven was a little interesting because we're using this road as our reference. And, you know, roads on maps don't always mean roads are there in person or vice versa. There's a road there but not on a map. So... We walked to the end of this road, and we're looking at the map, and it's like, okay, this road ended right here, and we, it was kind of difficult because we didn't plan, we could have done something different. We could have used a pace count, or we could have did something else, but, you know, at this point, it's 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, and we're just thinking about getting from, you know, from where we are to checkpoint 7, and it wasn't until after we are like, oh, stupid, so... We get to the end of the road, we hit an azimuth, and uh, we're off. We're, we're looking for uh, this checkpoint seven, and we drop down into the uh, the creek bed, and we're like, it's got to be here, it's got to be here, it's on the creek bed, it's on the creek bed in the map, you know, it's got to be here, and son of a bitch, we're on the wrong creek bed. So we hop over the mountain, and we get to the right area, but we spent a good hour there trying to do as best as we could again it's midnight now there's a little bit of moon up so we're trying to like look at the skyline and see what peaks that we see but uh, doing a resection at midnight to find your exact location is pretty damn pretty damn difficult you know especially because you need two points to figure out where exactly you are 
to do these back azimuths. Uh, but luckily, you know, after a little while, we said this cannot be the right spot. We hopped over the mountain, and boom, now we're in the right spot. Find the checkpoint. Now, this is where I think everybody went a little bit different because we chose to go to checkpoint 8 right after 7. We talked to a lot of people, and uh, a lot of people skipped checkpoint 8. We... I guess because it was up on top of a giant freaking mountain. Now it's dark out. You can look at the map. You can see the contour lines and tell that it's a big-ass mountain and it's really steep. But I wasn't scared, you know. So, Fred, let's go, dude. And this, at this point, we, um, we decided that we would go up the mountain and uh, hit checkpoint 8. We would skip checkpoint 9 to save time. And then from there, we're going to go straight to 11. So checkpoint 8, all the way to 11, then 10, and then 12, and then we're finished with mission 1. And that sounded like the best idea that we've came up with all day. So we start our trek up to checkpoint 8. We get to the top of this mountain. Wind is blowing. Shit's getting crazy. And, I mean, it had to be 40 mile an hour winds up on top of that ridge line. So we get up there, and we're not the only ones there. There's another team, so we're all kind of like looking for it. Fred's standing there, you know. It, it, don't get me wrong. Everybody has their moments where they just kind of like, you know, check out mentally for a little bit. So Fred's standing there. I'm trying to find this target. The other two guys are trying to find it as well. Looking at the map, the point is in a saddle. It's in a saddle. Now, I just happen to be looking in the wrong direction. But then once I kind of walked my way around the tip of this mountain, shined my flashlight, boom, saw it. Now what I also saw right next to the point, maybe 25, 30 yards away, was two eyes staring at me. It had to be some type of mountain lion or something like that. So we walk over, punch our card, got checkpoint 8, and now we're just trying to get to checkpoint 11 without getting mauled and eaten by this freaking mountain lion so that was you know constantly shining the light and, and looking behind us and trying not to get stalked by some big ass cat but we lived um it was actually a pretty far hike uh, we really just followed a, a super prominent terrain feature going from 8 to 11 it was just a, a big ass cliff and we were on top and we just kept following it down 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 and uh you know it got to a certain point where you know, we had to take a break. I mean, we'd be pushing, pushing, pushing. And uh, so we take a break. I'm, I'm eating, trying to, you know, drink some water, stuff like that. And Fred's starting to snore. So I let him crash out for like 15, 20 minutes. And, uh, you know, I wake him up. Hey, dude, we got to go. You know, but sometimes you need that. You know, you need that 15, 20 minute just catch some Z's really fast, that energy boost. But he's a champ, man. And, uh, you know, I couldn't ask for a much better partner, I'll be honest with you. So we keep walking, 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 get to checkpoint 11, snag that baby, and then uh, that was actually a super easy checkpoint. I mean, man, it was just right there. We walked right into it. So checkpoint 10, on the other hand, uh, at some point on the mountain, and this is the shitty part because I had dummy corded my rangefinder to my, to my gear, but then... At some point, I decided that I would rather have it in a different spot, and I undummy corded it. Well, somewhere on that mountain is that Nikon Range Runner. Um, and once we, you know, we were kind of using it at nighttime, we were using it to range our distance from different terrain features to see how far we had to keep going. So to get to checkpoint nine, we had to be like 900 yards away or 900 meters. Well, no Range Runner, it's dark out. Seeing anything more than 100 yards, 100 meters away from you was pretty damn difficult. The moon had already set by this time. So we're kind of poking around some hills. We're in the right spot. We just hadn't gone far enough. We had another 600 meters to go. We didn't figure that out until really the sun came up, until, until the sky started getting light with uh, nautical twilight. Um, and it, again, like some of these issues that we had was one we were tired and we didn't have the greatest plan for precision land navigation that we should have 
But then second, we were approaching these points from different avenues that they weren't meant to be approached from. Like, if we'd had followed the land nav points in order, we would have found them easily. But we weren't. We were coming from a different position. We were trying to use terrain features that were hard to see, roads that weren't there. So that was our struggle was we kept choosing routes that were bringing us different points of view and making the points harder to discover. So, man, I tell you, that was our that was our struggle. Um, you know, the f- fine-tuning the little things on this land navigation, especially nighttime. Daytime navigation, easy, easy, easy. Uh, you could terrain associate the entire course out there. But at nighttime, a lot of pace counting, um, looking for azimuths, and, uh, you know, trying to hit... N- noticeable big terrain features and and then going from there so we finally get checkpoint 10 we blaze on over it's like 7 a.m now we get to uh headquarters two we turn in mission one and now it's a couple challenges there for us to complete one of them we already knew right off the bat we ain't doing that shit uh they got this 150 pound like brazilian jiu-jitsu wrestler guy laying there and as a team, you had to clean and jerk this guy 100 times in two minutes uh, for 100 points. And uh, I guess the high score was 19. I, I did not do it. We didn't even think about trying it. We just, right from the bat, we said no. Uh, the other one was repel. You had to repel using an ATC down the side of the mountain. wasn't a bad repel. You had to have all your gear on. I, I guess if you've never repelled before, it could be a little stressful or intimidating, but super easy. Bam, 100 points. Now the next one, that one was challenging. It was called the uh, blind puzzle, and one of the one of the team members had to be blindfolded, while the other team member told the person where to put his hand and where to place it on the board. So you're putting this puzzle together, and it's got like 30 pieces. So you have 10 minutes to do this. And your partner's trying to figure this puzzle out at the same time he's trying to tell you where to put the pieces, you know. So I got the blindfold on. I'm doing it. Fred's telling me, you know, grab that piece, move your hand right up. Nope, down, left. Okay, grab that one. That's a corner piece. Put in the top left corner. Nope, that doesn't fit. Top right corner. Nope, that doesn't fit. Like, oh my gosh, this thing. Uh, so we failed the first time, uh, but we didn't have to. We didn't have to break away. We could. We could try it again. So we did. This time, Fred was the uh, the blind man, and I was the uh, puzzle put together person. Uh, you know, the person with eyes, and. Uh, you know, eventually we got it. We we did put the entire puzzle together in 10 minutes. I think we were the first team to do so. And the RO, the range officer that's monitoring this stage, like, he's getting into it. You know, like, he's not seen anybody do it yet. So I'm, like, getting excited because I know we're close to 10 minutes. And I'm like, Fred, grab this piece. Okay, rotate it right. Okay, now uh, put your left hand down. Feel the right side of the board. Okay, do you feel the empty space? It goes right there. And, like, the RO wanting to say something like, ugh. But he can't. He can't help us. But, you know, he was into it just as much. So that was that was a pretty good challenge. And some of these challenges were just a really good break from the normal out there walking around, feet hurting. And, you know, at this point, like mental fortitude and just pushing through the pain is what's getting you to continue. So it was a nice break from the, the normal. We changed our socks. At this point, I was uh, taping my feet up. I hadn't had any blisters, but I had some hot spots earlier, and I did not want any blisters. I knew getting a blister would hinder our performance, so we stopped, and we took about 15 minutes, and I went to work on my feet using uh, this special tape and taping my feet all up, the heels, the the pads, you know, all of the, all of the spots that could develop, and... Uh, you know made it all good to go now the part that really kind of sucked after this was uh i had put an extra pair of shoes in our cash bag and my plan was halfway through to change shoes i was currently wearing la sportiva tx2s they're kind of an approach shoe not a lot of padding but that's what i've been hiking in and my feet were loving these shoes 
And I chose midway, change my shoes, give my feet a different feel. And I thought it was a good idea at the time. Well, I changed my shoes, but I also took the shoes that I was wearing and put them in my pack just in case I didn't like this idea. Well, let me tell you, about two kilometers later, I did not like this idea. My feet were already screaming at me like, why did we change? And I'm like, son of a bitch, the person who wrote that book lied to me. So, changed my shoes and uh, we're out looking for this point. Now, we had gotten Mission 2 card. There was four mandatory checkpoints on there and like three bonus checkpoints and a couple of challenges, uh, shooting challenges. So, we look at it from where we're standing. This made the most sense to us. Go to checkpoint two. Go over to bonus checkpoint two. Swing around to checkpoint one. Drop straight down into the shooting area. Shoot the challenges. Walk over to checkpoint four. Turn in mission two. Skip checkpoint three and be ready for mission three. That's what made the most logical sense to us. It was a very efficient route. We thought it was gonna be excellent. Here we go, buddy, let's walk. Start hiking, get up top of this mountain. We're walking along this road and start looking. And you could see some competitors up top trying to find checkpoint two. And we're like, okay, start looking, can't find it. And I'm like studying this map, I'm like, okay, we got to find the straight part of this dirt road. And then we're looking for a prominent creek bed. If it's on the map, it's got to be somewhat prominent. So we walked, we hiked, we got into a position where I thought it would be. We hiked up the mountain, turn around, and now I've got a giant view looking down at that road. And I can see we are nowhere near where we need to be. Okay, we got to keep walking down. All right now I can see how the road bends and moves and, and it's relating to the map so much better. Um, it was hard to use terrain features for, for this one uh, particular point because the mountain that we were on top of was completely flat for like two kilometers. It was just a flat top mountain and it dropped straight down about eight to ten feet right off the ledge and then it sloped. So you were really going off of like draws and fingers and creek beds and, and then how the, the road curved and trying to base your whole thing off of that. So we walked. I thought I found the area. And I'm like, Fred, this is, this is it. This is the spot right here. So we dropped down. We're looking around for this point. And, um, you know, again, our contour lines are 40 feet increments. So it could be anywhere in that 40 feet up or down elevation wise and depending on how bad the slope is on the mountain right if it's it looks like it's on the peak but in reality it's not it's you know it could be 100 yards away and right on the edge of that 40 foot contour line so we're looking for this point and then we stop reevaluate do some resections look at the terrain there's a creek bed that i think it is so we walk down to the road take another avenue and approach the target or approach the land that point from a different angle now at this point i'm like dude i'm starting to get spent right like hiking up and down aimlessly like we need to conserve energy at this point like we need to make better decisions so we finally find checkpoint two it was actually uh fred you know he stuck with my plan he said tyler i believe that this is the right creek bed that you're pointing out and uh he, you know he pushed really hard to find this point and kudos to him because we found it and it was because of him um so we stamp our card and that's like okay let's skip the bonus right now we just need to complete mission two and get on to mission three like time is of the essence we have a lot of points for the challenges. Let's let's just go. So we go to checkpoint one. We're skipping bonus two. Go to checkpoint one, which is still efficient route, by the way. But we're approaching it from a way different angle than what it was meant to be. So again, you have another area where it's a flat mountaintop and a 10-foot drop-off and then a hillside. So we do a pace count, we do an azimuth, it leads us to the edge of the mountain, we're looking, we don't see nothing. 
I drop down onto the lower part of the mountain and I'm looking in the shrubs and the sagebrush and Fred is up top looking down on me and we're trying to approach this thing from different angles. We walk 300 yards east, 300 yards west. We come back and I'm like, dude, we're not finding this shit right now and this is pissing me off walking all over this mountain. So we sit down. We've been here for an hour, hour and a half at this point and I'm doing the best resection I've ever done in my life. I look at this mountain peak over here, shoot an azimuth, do the calculation, get the back azimuth, take off the magnetic, um, the, uh, the magnetic number, you know, to convert the grid, plot it on the map, do another terrain feature, same thing, and then I did a third one. I just wanted to be sure I knew where we were. All three, bam, they intersect. It looks amazing. And we are like 25 yards away from this land nav point. And we still could not find it. We were walking all around it. And uh, Andy Reinhardt was ROing the shooting stage. And he could see us from down below looking at us walking all over this mountain like we're retarded. And we're, you know, we're just, we're lost and, and we don't know what we're doing. It was bad. So walking around trying to find this thing, and eventually it just came down to, we don't have a lot of time left, we have to get the hell moving. So we have to, at this point, determine what is our goal. Do we want to complete the sack, which we did not think was possible anymore. Like, completing the sack is much different than winning the sack. Alright, so we determined completion was out of the question at this point. It's like 3.30 p.m., and there's no way we're going to complete it. So we're like, okay, let's get as many points as we can. We know that we're going to, f we're, if we skip this point, we are going to fail mission two. We will not have the required checkpoints to pass mission two. And checkpoint three is way too far out of the way for us to go and retrieve because of the route we chose. Like, uh, it didn't really dawn to us, dawn on us when we were selecting this route that, <laughs> If we screwed up on any one of these checkpoints, we were done. Like, that was it. No turning back, not enough time to do anything else. There's no flexing from this plan. And unfortunately, it bit us right in the ass. So we could not find checkpoint one. So we head down. We shoot the shooting stages. Those were pretty fun, pretty simple. Uh, one of them, you had to shoot in a lake, feet off the lake bottom, floating on some type of pack or structure that you have fabricated at this target 100 yards away uh, it was challenging we got one hit so i was happy about that and then uh you walk down the road three four kilometers and you hit headquarters three or headquarters two or uh, one of those numbers drop off your mission card and uh there's some challenges there for you to do well we already knew we, we could not get mission three we failed mission two so we were just there for the points stamp our card get checkpoint four and then start doing the challenges and uh one of them they had this shit pond there and i tell you you come out of this pond you smell like the freaking cows and uh, it was just you know sun's going down it's like 6 15 shade is starting to creep in on you and to get 100 points you either have to stay in the water for 20 minutes head out or you can submerge yourself for a total of two minutes. So we chose the submersion. Fred goes first. And uh, I was a little hesitant, but I mean, ultimately I had to get in the, the damn water. So you get in there and it's, I mean, it's cold. Go under, count to 20, come up. Go under, count to 20, come up. And they're timing how long you've been underwater this whole time. So you do my two minutes, get out. And I'm like shivering, trying to get dry. And, uh, you know, another challenge there was go through this old like abandoned barn and uh they had 10 items in there and you had to they, they weren't going to tell you what items they were you just had to pick everything out that stood out and then write them down and then after five minutes they'd ask you okay what did you find well we found seven out of ten and uh, that was a really good score uh, from what we were told that was a uh, probably the top score so we did that Come on over to this next area, and they have this picture of this Lego man that somebody built. 
and you get to study this picture for like 60 seconds or some ridiculous time. So we're looking at it and then uh, the RO takes a picture from us and he starts asking us questions, trying to make us forget everything that we just saw. And I'm like, son of a bitch. So I'm trying to tell Fred not to listen to the questions. I'll answer the questions. He remembers what the Lego man looks like. Well, as soon as the guy was done asking his questions, he's like, oh, how many feet did it head? I'm like, son of a bitch. I don't remember, Fred. That was You were supposed to remember that. Uh, but he did an awesome job. We were just slightly off on how the Lego man was put together. So we got zero points for that. But it was pretty fun. And then we had the Rubik's Cube Challenge. Uh, if you get one side all one color, it's 50 points. You get two side all color, it's uh, 100 points. So I'm not very good at that crap. And uh, never have. Never sat down and just been that smart of a person to put it together so i got one side and i'm like i'm happy with 50 points so again like our goal accumulate as many points as possible but not finishing mission two is what crushed us my personal opinion i feel like we were in the lead if not somewhere in the top three up until we failed mission two and because of that failure not able to get other checkpoints not able to get you know the the points for completing mission two we fell from i believe the top spot or somewhere up there down to eighth and uh you know chris way is who won it and dude is just a, a freaking beast you know i'm gonna have to revisit how to whoop that ass next year chris so uh but you know i love competing against guys like that um you know I don't back down from these challenges and, and you know I know Chris doesn't either so we're you know we're both pushing and uh, you know it just turns out that uh, you know they did better at, at uh, land nav portion than we did and ended up winning and you know nobody completed the sack this year uh, to complete it you had to finish all three missions without missing uh, or you could miss one land nav point, and you had to complete with a hundred percent or fifty percent or better points, eighteen out of twenty challenges. That was the requirements to complete the sniper adventure challenge. Nobody did it. Nobody completed it. So, uh, but again, kudos to Chris for just being a fucking rock star and knocking it out of the park and doing what needed to be done and uh, you know getting those points. I don't know where we finished point wise. Um, I did hear from Fred that we had finished with the second highest points in terms of challenges. And uh, I think the way that they kind of mathematically figured out what your score was is um, number of land nav points you have times your challenge score. I think that's I think that's how it went. So, you know, you can see where if you don't complete mission two and you've only got 14 checkpoints, but then other teams went on to mission three, I think three or four teams, maybe five teams made it on to mission three, and they've got 17, 18, 19 checkpoints. They might not have beat us in the challenge points, but because they have those extra multipliers, their point value is so much more. So overall, I am not upset about eighth place. I mean, I'm disappointed we didn't do better, but I'm not upset because i know that we pushed it to the wire man i mean we trained hard and we found out what we need to work on to do better next year and we are already planning on next year um what i've discovered is that i need smaller goals between that i mean what do we got 345 days until the next sniper adventure challenge i need some mini goals in there to keep my ass focused on staying in shape you know keeping my not not in shape, I, you know. Round is a shape, but I'm trying to not trying to get cut or anything. I'm just talking about like my physical fitness ability, keeping that where it needs to be. Uh, my weight, uh, you know, I went into the sniper adventure challenge 158, 157, and uh, I don't know. Like I've tried to take it easy and kind of recover a little bit, let my body, you know, get back to where it was, and I had just keep losing weight i'm at 154 right now so uh, i think i'm just on a rapid weight loss for right now i need to stop that shit drink more protein or something but uh, so keeping my physical fitness where it's at uh, one thing 
that I do want to work on is increasing my hiking pace on flat ground. I, I need to get it up to where Fred's is and we can increase our mileage, uh, you know, miles per hour. And that, I think that would be a big benefit for us. And then, uh, you know, Fred and I didn't train land navigation at all together. Um, I, I loved land nav when I was in the Marines. And, you know, I've always kind of enjoyed it and I was good at it. Uh, but not doing it for six years and then, you know, just kind of refreshing and, and jumping right back into it. You, you forget a lot of the little nuances, and I think that's ultimately what led to our demise was uh, we prepped for every single thing that we could except we discounted practicing land nav, especially practicing it together. And, yeah, it screwed us over. Uh, we screwed ourselves over. There's nobody to blame but us, and I promise next year we will put out a better performance. So a couple things that we're going to work on. And uh, so as far as our gear goes, um, my pack, I just used a pack from REI. It was an Osprey 24 liter. It was big enough to carry everything that I needed, but it wasn't over cumbersome. It was super lightweight, two pounds, two ounces, just the weight of the pack. Had some good storage to it. I had to fabricate my own method for it to carry a rifle. Um, and what I used to protect the rifle and not add extra excessive weight was the Air Armor Scope Cover. Uh, you inflate it. It's got a, a bag that is alligator resistant. If you look at some of their YouTube videos, I mean, they got alligators biting their shit and it still survives and holds air. So I used the Air Armor Tech Scope Cover to protect my scope and my rifle. And I also used it as a rear bag whenever we had to shoot. So it was pulling du uh, double duty. And I uh, also had to use it during the, the floating lake portion, uh, shooting from the platform in the floating lake. So it worked out pretty well. And um, my <clears throat> other parts of gear, I mean, nothing special, just regular, you know, trekking poles. Um, I started off the day wearing pants, and then I stripped down later, started wearing shorts, keep my, uh, keep my body cool. And uh, then went back to pants at nighttime because it got cold out. I mean, we got rained on. Interesting story about the rain. I mean, it just, it poured. It got crazy. I mean, the wind was blowing so bad. The rocks felt like they were going to penetrate skin as they were hitting the back of my head. And then the rain came. And uh, Fred and I had talked about it that, that morning before we stepped off for the mission. It's like, should we pack rain gear? And he's like, well, it's only 30% chance, and it's not supposed to come till afternoon. And I'm like, well, all right, so let's not pack it then. He's like, yeah, let's not. I'm like, okay. Well, I threw my rain jacket in the cash bag, but I had my rain pants in my pack. I was going to use them at nighttime to keep my legs from getting all cut up and crap. So Fred did the opposite. Fred put his rain pants in the bag the cash bag and he brought his top so when it started to rain i'm sure we looked like the perfect pair he had a top and i had pants and we could hug each other and try and keep each other dry but we were men on a mission so we just pushed but uh overall i mean they had a set gear list that we had to carry so you know you could try and save weight which is what we did my final pack weight was uh, 30, 34 and a half pounds, and Fred's was like right there with me. Now he used a different pack, he used the attack pack. And I actually liked the shit out of what he brought. Um, it's uh, It's got two like pouch-like containers that you can put all kinds of stuff in, and then they fold over the rifle, which is resting on the frame. I really like this design. Um, I'm, I'm going to get one. Uh, definitely a nice pack to carry your rifle. You guys should check it out. The Attack Pack. And, uh, you know, look at Bison Tactical. I know he posted a picture of what his gear looked like for the Sniper Adventure Challenge. So you can see that on Facebook and Instagram. And then, uh, talk about my rifle. Uh, I don't know a lot about what Fred brought. He was the gas gunner. But as far as my bolt gun is concerned, I really got to throw it out there for DCC Arms out of Southern California, right there in Santa Ana. Um... I had this rifle built a few months ago, and uh, maybe longer than that. I probably had it for a little while. Never really shot it, though. I mean, I haven't had time to take it out, and I didn't have a competition that was worthy of such a lightweight rifle. So let me describe this thing to you. It's a DCC Arms Action. 
full titanium. Um, you got the coating on the bolt, which makes it super slick. The action is coated. I mean, the thing is just uh, awesome. And he changed the lug design so that the throw on the bolt lift is 72 degrees. Now, got a carbon fiber action. It's a short action rifle or a carbon fiber barrel from Proof Research. It was 26 inches, chambered in six Creedmoor, and I just maybe a month before the Sniper Revenge Challenge picked up the XLR Industries Magnesium Chassis. This thing is sweet. Super lightweight. That buttstock is full carbon fiber. I mean, every bit of that buttstock is carbon fiber. I mean, the craftsmanship on this stock is amazing. And it's not very expensive. I paid $895 for the model that I have. So, not expensive at all. Great hunting setup. Now, I take this thing out to shoot it, and it's not shooting as great as I would like. Um, factory 6 Creedmoor ammo. It's printing one and a half, two minutes of angle. And I'm like, man, that's just, that's not where I would want this accuracy to be. So, I call up BCC and I'm like, hey, you know, have you had any issues with these barrels? Or, you know, I don't know what's wrong. Uh, I don't have time to reload and, and find an accuracy group for this thing. Can you help me? So I sent the rifle to him. He talks with Proof Research. We get a new barrel. And, uh, you know, I don't know what the deal was. It, it was an older model Proof Research barrel. It was a 1 and 8 twist on a 6 millimeter. I'd have preferred 7. So he talked with Proof Research, overnighted a barrel, 24 inches now, a little heavier contour. Uh, it was a Sendero instead of a Sendero light. So the two inches that we cut off the barrel, we didn't save any weight because of the profile change. Um, he rechambered it, got it back out to me, and I zeroed that thing in Colorado while I was there with Fred. I mean, we're talking about a week turnaround. I mean, that's taking care of of you and, and you got the rifle back to me knew how important this was and i can't thank him enough for getting that rifle back to me once i got it into colorado with fred we went to the range we're shooting 100 yard groups to get this thing dialed in boom i mean this thing is just a hammer now so i'm looking forward to uh, using this rifle i might take it to a few monthly matches or maybe even a prs if i'm feeling froggy uh, the total combined weight with the optic I have right now is 8.4 pounds. Uh, it's super light. Love this thing. I chose to go with the EOTech 5 to 25 power running a H59 reticle. It's the EOTech Voodoo scope, and uh, a couple reasons. You know, all the tools features on it. It's great. I don't have to carry extra crap to, uh, you know, do my do my scope adjustment or anything like that. Or if I got a zero change or anything, uh, it's got illuminated reticle. It's got 859. It's 25 power, but it all comes in a small package weighing in at like 1.7 ounces or 1.7 pounds. Okay, 1.7 pounds for the whole scope and ring setup. So. I opted for that simply because it had more magnification than my other scopes that were twice the weight. So uh, that worked out really well. Uh, running a Trigger Tech trigger, and you know, I wouldn't go with anything else. I did opt to not use bipods. So I had no Arca rail, no bipods. The whole plan was to use the pack to shoot off of. Was it a good plan? Mm, maybe, maybe not. I know that Chris. He had a better plan. It was kind of a gamble because you didn't know where the cash bag was going to be. And uh, Chris chose to bring his nice, big, long, super stout bipods um, from, uh, who is that, uh, MDT and uh, Sky Bipod, right, the big one. Use it for the shooting stations and then toss it in his cash bag and not have to deal with the weight. I'm like, damn it, why couldn't I be that smart? And really, the answer is uh, more experience. You know, I've done the Sniper Adventure Challenge in over two years, and uh, Chris has been doing it every year for the past two years. So, a little bit more experience, but uh, I'm onto your game, Chris. I will be using these tactics next year. But uh, other than that, I mean, just a hell of a good time. I had a great experience, but I guess I'm taking away from it that we have things to work on. 
and I love, love that next year we're going to get another chance at, uh, you know, taking down the champs and, and maybe walking away with that trophy of our own. So for all of you listening who think you're going to do this type of adventure challenge, uh, better train hard because next year Fred and I will have no uh, no sorry feelings for how any of you do. I mean, we might have cared a little bit this year, but next year there will be none. All right. Uh, outside of that, I mean, if you got any questions about the Sniper Adventure Challenge, feel free to hit me up. I do not know what the final tally is on the mileage that we went. Uh, we didn't have a GPS, so it's not like we could track ourselves. They were running the the spot trackers, the little doohickeys that they could track where we're at, make sure we're not going into danger zones, or if we get in trouble, we can hit the you know emergency button. Um, so we were running those, but I have not got word on what our final mileage log was. Uh, I would not be surprised if we were in the 50 mile range but then again uh, maybe not i might be overestimating it because we did not finish mission two and start mission three and that kind of right there was the ball kicker if you looked at how it was set up you finish mission two you do the challenges and then you start walking and it kind of covered some of the same area that last year's sniper adventure challenge was in but it was a good uh man we were looking at it it was a good 15 miles from where we were back to the finish line back to the finish line 15 miles talk about a kick in the balls and you're trying to like sit there and figure out like how fast can we get back well i mean that's why earlier we were talking about like what are our priorities however priorities change because at 3 p.m you have four hours left and you're not even too the end of mission two yet are you going to be able to make the 20 mile hike back in four hours and i tell you right now that is hauling some ass that is five miles per hour i mean that's a lot of time that's really fast pace so uh, priorities become a big thing you really have to know how zach and his mind is playing and uh you know it's just uh i tell you what the challenge of this thing there's nothing else like it right um I am actively seeking other challenges to uh, keep my mind intrigued right now, something to push me uh, mentally, physically, and you know keep my keep my skill sets going. Uh, people, a couple people have mentioned to me the Mammoth Sniper Challenge. Um, I've heard it's a cool match uh, for shooting. I just don't think that it tests any other ability outside of grab your shit, ruck some miles, keep up. Don't fall out, don't get in the truck, and shoot these targets. Um, I, I might be wrong. If I'm wrong, you can hit me up on Instagram or Facebook and tell me that I'm a, you know, a piece of crap and I don't know what I'm talking about. But I'm pretty sure that uh, it doesn't include land nav or any of those things. And and that's that's the fun stuff, you know, doing the stuff that really separates you and everybody else and how well you can do these skills and kind of be a master at the field craft so that's why i enjoy it and uh you know i took two years off but i'm really glad that i did it this year so outside of that i would say uh, that's a pretty good debrief of how the sniper adventure challenge went i'm sure there's some details left out of there and if you you know we tried to gopro some of it uh so maybe i'll post up some of those videos on our social media pages and you guys can check out some of the gopro videos that we did but there was also a certain point where i'm just like screw this like i am i don't have the physical energy to give a shit about gopro-ing something right now you know so i just didn't um but early on i did because i still was you know somewhat mentally there uh there was definitely times where i was mentally checked out so uh yeah look for social media look for some of our um videos that we recorded while we're out there and you know, I, ho I hope all of you guys get involved in something that really challenges you to get better or uh you know have some fun get outside your comfort zone and, and set some goals you know and i know that the interall championship's coming up so i look forward to seeing a lot of you guys there I'm happy to be home right now. I've been on the road pretty much three weeks in some change straight. Ran through a law enforcement sniper class. As soon as I got done with the sack, I had to catch some sleep 
and then blaze out of there at like one o'clock in the morning to make it back to Southern California, teach this class, do a PR2 over the weekend with the civilian students, and now I'm home. So kind of enjoying myself. Uh, I'm going to cut this right here. It's been an hour and five minutes. We're going to do another podcast tomorrow with Ray and I talking about some fundamentals, breathing, trigger control, some upcoming things that you guys should think about when it comes to the matches. Uh, The last couple matches are out there for PRS and NRL to help you qualify for the championship. And I I hope all of you guys do, Um, you know. Ray's got some updates on her 6BR that she picked up from Impact Precision and uh, how things are going with that. So a lot of good stuff to talk about on the next episode. So I felt it was appropriate to just let you listen to me ramble on for an hour talking about the Sniper Adventure Challenge. And uh, I hope you guys stayed and listened. And if you didn't, you know, I I don't really give a shit, so it's fine. Um, I love all of you equally, even if you don't want to hear me talk. So it's good. Uh, Every time I see people... you. Hey, listen to your podcast. Ray is so much better at it than you are. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it very much. You know, you're breaking the bro code right now, but it's all good. Anyways, I look forward to talking to you guys. If you see me, come up, say hey. Appreciate everybody listening, and I will catch you later. Knock it down, cause we are the champions.